Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're wrapping up the first 20 verses of Mark chapter 5 with part 3 of a message about Jesus' encounter with a legion of demons who were possessing a man in the country of the Gerasenes. We've already answered many questions about demons in Jesus' time and how they operate today. Even though we don't encounter demon-possessed people often in our time and culture, you've probably at least heard claims of someone casting demons out of someone in some faraway place. And I know you're aware that exorcisms, or at least attempted exorcisms, are a fascination of many people and that the movie entertainment business takes advantage of it every year ad nauseum. This week, Pastor Jim will answer the question, who casts out demons today? There's a lot of confusion about this question, but you should find that the answer is pretty straightforward. Here is today's portion of the message entitled, Jesus' Power Over Demons, Part 3. Please come with me one more time to Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. I started this little three-part mini-series on this passage by jumping the gun on this year's Provoke the Pastor series, which, Lord willing, begins next Sunday. Because one question came in just before I started Matthew, or Mark, not Matthew, Mark, that other M1 that's in the Bible, and not Micah and not Malachi either, um, and not even Mordecai. Okay, we're in, what book are we in? Mark. One wonderful question came in right on time. The question was, Jesus cast out demons. Who casts out demons now? And I told you, the answer is Jesus. And I promised a, a fuller answer to that question, which we will take a little bit of time to do today. Now, you know, if you've been here in either of the past two Lord's Days, that there is nothing like this anywhere else in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this incident, which is an amazing demonstration of Mark's theme that Jesus is the Son of God. So it's Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, and we've been working our way through one outline for two weeks, and now this the final one. In the first five verses, we meet the man from the tombs, and then in 6 through 13, we see the power of Jesus. Then we see the amazing unbelief in this incident in verses 14 through 17, and today we're going to see the true faith that is demonstrated, and then the bonus section, what delivers people from Satan's power. Now, we're not going to review everything, but it is necessary to get the whole passage at once. So follow along with me as we start at Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, and he had been dwelling among or he had his dwelling among the tombs and no one was able to bind him anymore even with a chain 
because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with the stones, or with stones, harming himself. We're also told in the other Gospels he, he, he was constantly naked. They had, they had tried to subdue him and they could no longer do that. He was literally terrorizing that area. But that's just a setup for the demonstration of the power of Jesus. Verse 6 through verse 13. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him, and shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he'd been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. What a spectacular scene that is. And then last week we got to this, starting in verse 14, where we see amazingly the unbelief in that situation. Their herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city and in the country. That was probably the little uh, seaside village of uh, Garasa and probably the largest city nearby, Gadara. All over the region, they spread this as fast as they could. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus. So obviously, He was the focal point of the story that had been spread, this man who did this. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion, and they became frightened. That happens to people when they see a first-hand display of the power of God. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man, and all about the swine. Imagine all these pig bodies bobbing up and down along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Pretty pretty good um, visual aid. And they began to implore him to leave their region. Wow. Let's look at the fourth part and we'll tie all this together. There was also true faith. On the far other end of the spiritual spectrum of faith and unbelief was the man, and remember Matthew explains there were actually two. One of them was clearly the spokesman, one of them was dominant, and so only one is mentioned in, uh, in, in Mark and Luke, but uh, that doesn't matter. But this, 
one or these two who were so spectacularly, spectacularly delivered are on the other end from the people who wanted Jesus to go away. Verse 18 Matthew of Mark 5. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. Now, notice a couple of things here. Uh, Jesus didn't press on to stay and go inland and preach to all of these people. They implored him, get out of here. Just go away. Leave us alone. We don't want you. And he was getting into the boat. He left. That reminds me of what it says about him when he went to Nazareth, his hometown. And it says he didn't do many miracles there because of the unbelief of the people. Here were these ones that were surrounded by this evidence of one of the most spectacular miracles that Jesus ever did. And they just wanted him to go away. Both the verbs and the verb tenses along with Luke's statement that it came from all the people of the city and the surrounding area, it makes it clear it was a unified, repeated request. Go away, Jesus. Ah, but there's a contrast to the demand that Jesus go away. The same term is used for the man who was delivered. He was imploring Jesus over and over to let him accompany Jesus back to Galilee. He and his companion just didn't want to live another day without Jesus. That's understandable with what they'd been delivered from, but Jesus' response might, be, might surprise you a little bit. Verse 19, and he did not let him. You see, Jesus was totally in charge of this situation. The, the demons could do nothing until Jesus gave them permission. And This man asked permission, and Jesus didn't let him. But he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. We don't know how long um, the torment went on before the glorious deliverance by Jesus. It's certainly understandable that the one or two that were delivered, wouldn't want to spend another day apart from Him. I I can imagine that when they saw the relationship between Jesus and His his disciples, they they saw the kind of fellowship that they knew they wanted. It's, It's fully reasonable that they wanted to go with Jesus, but He didn't do what we probably would have done, didn't do what we probably expected in this story. Jesus doesn't take them home as a trophy. Surprisingly, He sent Him to His own home and to His own people. Jesus commissioned this guy as a missionary. As a matter of fact, this is the first one that Jesus ever sent out to proclaim him. He had not yet sent out the 12 on their preaching ministry, had not yet sent out the 70 on their preaching ministry, and he told him exactly what to do. Report to them the great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. Hey friends, don't don't complicate things. Don't be afraid of being an evangelist. You know what it takes? 
Tell people the great things the Lord has done for you and how He had mercy on you. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.